Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi there. It's that time again. Yes, Tom and I are gathered together around a, a nice warm microphone to try to help you muddle through your money matters in a far better way than you muddled before, we hope. Our phone number here, if you want to call us and talk about Money Matters, you know, it's 855-935-TALK. That's 855-935-8255. And it's really free and easy to call. And uh, we'd love to talk with you. And uh, you probably want to talk to somebody after the end of last week because, of course, once again, markets do what markets do. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of an odd thing because stocks... And bonds went down that. And by the way, bonds have been really wacky and very volatile in a way that makes people nervous. But just the big picture, all three indexes losing money this week. The S&P 500 down two and a half. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down one point eight. We normally don't go through these things, but Mm-mm. you asked and the Nasdaq down almost they five. They didn't really you know, ask. <laughs> that's true. I see a hand up in the back there. But um, and then you got the, you know, the 10 year yield it has been kind of. I think the concern here on on U.S. government on this 10-year bond has been how quickly the turn has been. And by the way, it's about a 50 basis point change since the first of the year. So that sometimes makes people nervous about how all of this is going to shake out in the, and I'm going to say it, near term. Yeah, I mean, that that is a a 30% increase in the rate. And yet I was looking at my, my short intermediate bond funds in my portfolio. And while they've gone down a little bit, it hasn't been dramatic. Well, they're down year to date a little over two. I just looked at the number. It's two point, uh, 2.4% so far this year, which again, you know, people think, well, bonds, nope, they don't go down, Don. They don't go down. They do go down. They, we even show you that in a chart, a 40, or is it a 50 year chart now? It's a 50 50 year chart now. We even show you that in some of our classes and a 50 year chart that over 50 years, there are times when you would have lost money in bonds, even in an environment when rates were pretty much falling the whole darn time. But the good news on bonds is in any five-year period, we cannot find a nope. loss. Number two, even when you've lost some money like this, which, and by the way, compare it to stocks, because stocks at times can go down by 40 to 50%. So there's really no comparison. But here's the thing. Vanguard wrote a great paper a few years ago that looked at the worst times for bonds, and in, in rapidly changing rate environments. And even there, after two to two and a half years, you had your money back. Yeah. So because remember, you're buying the new bonds at a higher interest. When you own a bond fund, you're, and it, so it's really not a big deal. But I can understand how, and I think this is the thing that worries people, how fast things are happening. Not just here, but if you think back to a year ago with stocks, how quickly it all went down. That's well, what makes people nervous. part of the reason for that is the fact that there's been a lot of press about things getting better in the future. 
So we see, remember, this is so important to remember about the markets, the securities markets. They don't react to events as they occur. They react to events as they are expected to occur. So we're seeing an increase in interest rates because people are thinking, well, what if the economy heats up? What if we have inflation? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Inflation is, of course, the the 600-pound gorilla, 800-pound, whatever it is. I mean, it's the big thing that everybody's worried about. I always forget the number. It's the elephant in the but, room. Uh, it, thank you. It's the yeah. elephant in the room. Uh, not enough room in my room. But, um, but here's the thing. That should be in part of your overall plan, right? In other words... When people and two people did call me this week and say, oh, this is really nerve wracking. I always want to talk about number one. Do you know what your asset allocation is today? Not Do you most know people. most people don't no. know what your stock to bond no. ratio? Do you know what your return goal is, how much you're trying to make and how much volatility you're willing to accept to get that? And number three, if 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 those two you do know, which most people do not, do you know how to turn down the noise yeah, and we're going to stop with the noise in a minute, but I want to add one one more piece yeah. of important noise. The fact that interest rates went up is something that we know they'll do. We know at some point they go up, they go down, they go all over the place. That is the reason why we never, ever suggest long-term bonds. Because when interest rates change, the impact on long-term bond portfolios is more pronounced. And there's a very simple sort of duh reason for it. And that is because if I, I do own short intermediate bond funds, in those, they're always moving money in and out as people put new money in and take money out. And what is happening right now in this slightly higher yielding environment is they're going out and buying new shorter-term bonds at these new higher rates, and that will reflect in my dividends in months to come. And that's the part that people overlook. And again, it should your strategy shouldn't have anything to do with what's happened this past week, this past month, even this past year. Or even what's happening in the future, because guess what you don't get to know? The future. 855-935-TALK is our telephone number, 855-935-8255. Tom and Don are talking real money. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. So where is that mosh pit you have, Tom? I'm not going to wear the orange what? shorts this time. You what? always get so angry with me. Where's your mosh pit? Shorts. You have a mosh pit? My my entire yard, front and back, is literally, yeah, if you dive in there, you never get out. It's so just, it's like the nightclub. It's just <laughs> little hands, little green hands little reaching out to you. A mosh pit? Oh, or horrible. Wait, mosh pit. Oh, got it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take out the, the spreader this afternoon and clean it up. We'll yeah, I just can't happens. see you in a real mosh pit. In a, like, no, I don't think I, would, don't, they would, uh, I would go in and they would immediately eject me like yeah. the thing they don't want. No, it would just you would empty the place. Be like, oh, the referee's here. <laughs> Quick. Eight, five, five, nine, three, five. Talk is our number. Eight, five, five, nine, three, five, eight, two, five, five. And Phyllis, you're up. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Phyllis. Hello, Don. Thank you. Um, yeah, I have a, a big concern. Yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, I read that. A very large investment company, as a matter of fact, the second largest investment company in the nation, is 
partnering with Hold Your Hat with Ant Group, which is a subsidiary of Alibaba, both hmm. Chinese companies controlled by the Chinese government. What do you think about that? I'm very concerned. We're helping China that way. Yeah, I I did read that. I got again, and this is it's a little confusing. I, I did exactly read it, who, so I'm going to yeah, go do that yesterday's now. Paper. It, it's a little always a little confusing to me about who actually owns Ant at all, right? I mean, what control? The, because it's murky. You don't know exactly how much the government's into all this. It's a little, it's a little uh, dark. Well, remember, put it remember that way. It's recently, not re- recently, the owner of Ant Group, uh, Jack Ma, was yeah. criticized the, the the strategy of the Chinese government, and he disappeared for three months. And when he came back, he apologized for cr- criticizing the strategy that he thought was wrong. So they've completely controlled. Probably. Yeah, probably kept him out of somewhere where he would disappear well, for the, a longer period. The fact period. of the matter is that there are uh, the, the, the kind of government and business environment we have is 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 not universal however however um the the amount of money that is going to go into china from vanguard is going to be very small yeah it's a tiny number it's going to be very small and uh, the fact of the matter is that one of the things that has made china a better partner in the in the global economy and the global governing climate is the fact that they have become a capitalist totalitarian government and and that capitalism has helped mellow some of their worst tendencies this is not a fine upstanding government by any means but what it, it you can't totally shut them out of the world we need them in many cases more than they need us there's a great there's a great dependency. There's no yeah. question, uh, especially with the, all the uh, the treasuries that they own. So um, that doesn't concern me. That Vanguard. No, it doesn't concern me either. It's more of a distribution channel, I think, than it will be anything else. But yeah, I'm just reading about it, and I don't see anything. I don't see anything particularly frightening about it. And the fact of the matter is, the better we work with other countries, the less. We have to worry about them, I think. I, I really, truly believe that. I, I think one of the best examples you will ever find historically is what happened in the 1930s in this world when when governments decided they weren't going to work with other governments. They were going to strangle their economies, basically, because they didn't like what they were doing. And uh, it, it that did not turn out did well. did not turn out well for the planet. It the just didn't turn out well. Not- uh, so while I, I, I can see your political concerns, um, I think economically working with the Chinese has been good for us in, in, uh, to a very large degree. I mean, they're the ones financing the COVID relief bills in many cases. Yeah. They're still buying up the, they're buying the, the bonds at one percent, well, one and a half percent now, I guess, on the 10 year yeah, treasury. 1.4 something. Yeah. 1.42. 
855-935-TALK is our number, 855-935-8255. Yeah, actually... Aren't you an investor? You're an investor into China, aren't you? Don't you invest in China? I do, indirectly, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't actually funds. go out and, you know, actively pick Chinese no, stocks. but you own mutual funds that own stocks there. Yeah, and I, and I own it in, in about its, uh, its proportion to global, global market capitalization, which is... What about three percent? Small. Right now? It's, it's small. small. I mean, this is the thing. It's economy is huge. Economy is huge. Market, market cap is market small. Market cap. Yeah, and that's a thing to keep in mind. By the way, we wouldn't recommend that you overweight China or anywhere else for that matter, because history has shown us that those are bets that don't pay off. And also remember, if you have a concern, the Vanguard's not the only one. In fact, they're joining a lot of other companies that have been doing a lot of financial business in China for a very long time. Fidelity's, uh, they've got an application in. BlackRock's been there or is going I there. Goldman did some work. Goldman did some work. Chase has done work with them. It's, it's a, like it or not, it's a global economy. It is. That's true. And we will never ever be able to go backward we cannot we cannot go back to where we rely on ourselves to produce everything we want or need we will it'll, it won't happen at the right cost at the right price even even then I, I mean we don't have a plant i don't think there's a single plant in the united states that makes a television I'm more worried about the iPhone myself, but I know there's not a single plant that makes an iPhone it, in the United States. We both read that very lengthy, I don't know, three thousand word piece in the Wall Street Journal a week or two ago about uh, what's going on with Apple in China. I mean, basically, they Apple does almost nothing here other than wire China and tell them how many iPhones they have by yep. Friday. Well, uh, here's what here's <laughs> what happens in the United States, and we tend to forget this. A lot of the, I mean, the design of this creature, yeah. all of the intellectual property that went into this, I'm holding up my iPhone in front of my microphone so Looks you all good, can see yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Huge. These were brilliant American minds that created this. And you also have to remember that the lion's share of the money in, in the, the biggest net return from this comes back to the United States. Apple yeah. makes a fortune on these over and above what they pay the Chinese. Yeah, I mean, the Chinese obviously have been able to con to build them. They've done them at a very good price, and they're durable. They're working, right? So, But let's go back a little bit in history. Where were, where were we all – what were we all worried about in the 70s, the place that was going to take over and build everything? Oh, that would be their neighbor called Japan. Right. Now it's too expensive to build things in Japan. So yeah. they're built in China or Taiwan. Where's it's the production going point. now? Where do you think it's, it's going a, now? Well, yeah, I mean, other other subcontinent markets, some other place that Vietnam, much cheaper. Yeah, India, right. they're getting the plants built now because it's cheaper to build them. So wealth kind of spreads out around the world, and it's not a bad thing. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
855-935-8255 is our phone number. Give us a call. 855-935-TALK. I'm Don. That's Tom. This is Talking Real Money. And speaking, speaking of things made in China, I love the cover of the latest issue of Business Week. There's a picture in my mailbox right now. There is a picture of a giant Nike Air Jordan. I think personally ugly as sin shoe, but that's just me because I'm old. Back to the mid 1980s, right? When Air Jordan was. Well, but they're still hot. No, they are. Yeah. This the headline says, "This is not a shoe; it's an asset class." Now, remember, an asset class has is generally a securities of some kind that have similar characteristics. Well, apparently, these are worth money and have similar characteristics. In that, if you were stupid enough, you could wear a pair. Yeah, because you have to pay. What was I mean? The prices were outrageous. Whoa, 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 whoa. yeah. Um, the, the, here's what I don't get about this: Nike makes them in very, very limited supply, tiny little supplies. The demand is huge. They price them at two hundred and twenty dollars retail, suggested retail. Then they go up on the web through a place called Yeezy. Yeezy. Where you join the auction to try to buy them. Right? It's well, you have to get a lottery number, yeah, that's to right. buy them. And people have learned, of course, like with concert tickets, how to game the system. So one guy bought forty thousand pairs of these shoes and immediately, immediately turned around and sold them to people, uh, making one hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. Like that. And by the way, at the end of the article, they do point out that his mother has a position at Nike. Oh, that's handy. Yeah, kind of helped out a little bit. And then there's a no. website called StockX. <laughs> and I'm looking at a screenshot of their page where you can sell these ridiculous shoes. And I'm seeing like, okay, bid on a Nike Dunk S8 low yellow lobster shoe of $33,000. Or, yeah, well, the thing is about that for me is my vertical leap isn't good enough for something like that. So I can't even imagine you'd want to put this on. There's one shoe, the Jordan 11 Retro Low Bright Citrus in wide. Yeah. In wide. Gotta have we got to have it wide. Uh, it doesn't say what the oh, it's a no. It doesn't say what the size is. Okay, Retro Low. Maybe that's the maybe that's the 11. No, that's not it. Jordan 11. It says the highest bid for this. Yeah. Is twenty million dollars? You know, so how do you pay for that? I mean, can you use Bitcoin because my credit card doesn't quite go that high? You almost Close, have to. Why high. would anyone pay twenty million dollars for a stupid shoe? I want, and I want to know how it's going to do in my moss pit too. By the way, <laughs> very well. <laughs> just going to, yeah. You put those on, walk out there. That's twenty yeah. million dollars just sunk exactly. into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get this, but you know, it's funny. I knew a kid, a uh, child of some friends of good friends of ours. And when he was in high school, he started going to the, the outlet stores of which we have plenty in central Florida. And he would buy the Nikes when they would mark them down. And then he would put them on the internet and sell them for twice what he paid for them. Kid, which put, is a lot of put himself through Columbia. About. Wow. A lot, a lot of the article talks about that. I think the guy made a road trip and bought them up from all these mom and pod retail shops that weren't no one was going to anymore. So he bought them up, 
put them on the internet and sold them. So good for him. But this is, should not be considered an asset class like stocks, bonds, commodities, <laughs> Bitcoin. I don't know. Does better than Bitcoin. You take a hundred dollar pair of shoes and get twenty million. You got something for it. You don't just have air, I guess, as you would with Bitcoin. Right, except for the fact that they're Air Jordans. Oh, Ooh. I like that. That's I good. knew you'd so, like that. No, one. don't, 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 don't invest in that, please. <laughs> I think it's absolutely hysterical that people do this, and I, I, I just want to put this out there for everybody. Just think about this for a minute. What in the world would you do with a twenty million dollar pair of shoes? I think you'd have to put it downstairs in my hall of shame next to the, you know, autographed jerseys, right? Did you pay that much for Kenny Stabler's jersey? <laughs> not even when he was alive, no. You, not, not, I didn't think you were that crazy a man. So if you thought Bitcoin was nuts, hey, there's more nuts than that. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number, 855-935-8255. We'll take your questions or comments on almost anything financially oriented. Save yourself some trouble. Get a, get an answer before you do something. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. We're talking real money. Welcome back. I'm Don. That's Tom. This is Talking Real Money. Our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. That number works during the show, which is on Saturdays in Seattle from noon to 2 Pacific time. But it also works other times. You can call us and leave your question. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we'll answer those on the podcast. You can also send in questions at TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com. And again, we will answer questions here uh, on the show and on the podcast. So what we're going to do now, we don't have any calls, so we're going to answer one of those questions that came in. Oh, it's an, from oh, it's an easy money. one. Oh, this is an easy one. I wanted to oh, start okay. you off with a really easy one. Well, no, the first one of the day from Phyllis was not easy. This uh, one Anthony is Van easy. Garden. Yeah, okay. No, I'm okay. letting you. I'm letting you <laughs> down easy. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's all downhill from here, Tom. You're good. You ready? Yes. When looking online at bank rate and their CD rates, how do you know that any and or all of the banks behind the CDs are safe to put your money in? Are they all backed by the government's insurance FDIC up to $250,000? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> hey, hey, let me check check with the judges. Ding, 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 ding. That is the correct answer. That ah, if you're good. looking well, you at bank easy. if you're looking at bank CDs at bankrate.com, you you will unless it's a credit union which could be insured by NCUA, which is the yeah, National NCUA. Credit Union Association or something to that effect. Uh, those are, if you're looking at CDs, those are FDIC insured. And let me just, I'll, sh I'll, I'll kind of go through by this. By the way, let you. me just go I'll step back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bankrate.com is a great place just to go see what 
what you can get. I mean, both in terms of mortgages, in terms of CDs, and apparently people have a lot of cash. If you, I mean, other than the people that have nothing, people have been taken in and not spending a lot of their money. They've been hoarding cash to some extent, which we do not recommend because it's not making what we, I gave you the number 12 years. Cash is made about half of 1% a year during well, that period of time. Even a, even a two year CD right now at bankrate.com is three quarters of 1%. Two years. Uh, but here, you just look on the website. It's really easy. You'll see the name of the bank, the interest rate being paid. And underneath the name of the bank, it will say, Member FDIC. If yeah, it sure. says, Member FDIC, you have a quarter of a million dollars in U.S. government-backed insurance that uh, if the bank goes out of business per person per account. And by the way, going back to the mid-1930s, how many people have not gotten their money from banks since money deposited? Yeah, since post-Depression? I, I mean, yeah. I, I, since none. the FDIC, none. 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 So it, it, that's one of those. That's like when people tell me, I don't want to put all my money at Charles Schwab because I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. I'm like, well, no. Charles Schwab holds what, $10 trillion yeah, or whatever it is. They have private insurance. They've got government insurance. It, it, that goes out of business. Yeah. By the way, if that goes out of business, you still own the funds. If the funds go out of business, you still own the stocks. I guess they bring you the certificates. I and mean, if the economy of, goes under, well, good luck. You don't worry about your money. Yeah, yeah. you got other things. I, that's, to you know, and this is the, the argument I have all the time is, hey, if the economy collapses, and I think that's what people are thinking, I need that uh, guarantee in case the economy tanks. Folks. If the global economy tanks, and if, if any major economy in the world tanks, watch out. It's going to take the global economy down with it. Uh, if the, the entire global economy tanks, you are going to have far bigger problems than getting your money out of that bank that's been ransacked and uh, uh, people are living in because they need shelter. Guns. Yep. Canned food. Yep. And ammo. And by the way, we have my wife over ordered. We have three huge bags of dog food too. So I guess we're okay for a while. You are good. You got dog food and grape nuts <laughs> and pizza and, and grape, grape nuts. nuts. I still have like ten boxes of grape nuts. And They're soon, a little chewy without milk, but still. Soon, I'm going to be putting up a new survivalist website on the web. I've got this brand new product I invented. Oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah. it's brilliant. It's oh. uh, it's very lightweight. It stores really, really easily. It's called it's called dry water. It is dehydrated water. Oh. All you do is open do the add? top, add water. Oh. <laughs> you know, you probably sell a lot right next to the Jordan 1985 Air Jordans. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about really lightweight aluminum barrels, you know, where that screw top. Exactly. And it's like add water. And and again, this is 20 gallons of freeze dried water. <laughs> Just dehydrated water. Is that a little like the pet rock thing? Because it's no. Similar, I think that I, I think you, I could get some people to actually buy that. That works. I think I get a couple. Stir carefully. You know, I'm the PT Barnum of our generation. Eight five five nine three five talk. Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at vestory.com. V e s t o r y dot com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom, you silly curmudgeon, you. You foolish father figure. 
You, you, you who think cash is bad, you think cash is bad, you are Tim called to say, you are so wrong, buddy, so wrong. By the way, you're not supposed to use you messages. That's what my ex-wife told me. But anyway, <laughs> let's finish that thought, okay? I mean, here's the thing. All you, right? I'm I am, so... Mm. Uh, people assume what I'm saying is go rush it all in and buy AMC. I am not saying that. I'm simply saying it's horribly inefficient to have your money sitting around in banks that are basically paying you nothing. In my portfolio, it's either stocks or bonds. There is no alternative that, so letting it all sit around and there's like $18 trillion of it, you're doing a great job financing the future of Bank of America, but not your own. That's all right. I'm Just saying. do Stay something better with that. it. Just don't leave yeah. it in cash. Right. You can go, by the way, you can go look at, we talked about bank rate. You can go to bankrate.com. You can see the best rates for high yield savings account where you can move it in. It's all online. You can move it around and you're still making something on the money. All right. Probably still all right. Half all right. But better. Anyway, thank you. Uh, I'm not angry anymore now. Thank you for thank explaining you. that. Now, now, Back. now we have a Davision. Yes. Two Davids in a okay. row. So let's get to David. Did to David number one. Hi, David number one. Hello. I don't know. I don't know if the David, David. knows he's the David. Hi, David. You're the David. I don't know. Yeah. Go, man. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Can you hear us? David. David, I hear you. Can you hear me? Absolutely, we do. So it's your time. You're okay. on. Okay. Yeah, so talking about what to do with money or with cash, uh, the common wisdom you folks and other folks talk about this idea: put most of it in stocks, some of it in bonds. As you get older, you start moving it into bonds. I've been worried about bonds because interest rates are already so low. And they don't have any place to go but up. And then just yesterday, Warren Buffett came out with his annual report, and he's called the bond market miserable. So I'm wondering what you think about that, what advice you might have about where to put money that you don't want to put into stocks. Bonds. By the way, before Don answers that, I will have Don answer. Before you do that and you want to take Warren's advice on everything, remind him of the sale of airline stocks he made last March, which have now gone up about 90% since then. Don? <sighs> okay. You see, here's the problem. We are not talking about just throwing your money into bonds in a vacuum. We, one, suggest only short to intermediate term high quality bonds. And we suggest them for one reason only, their relative stability when compared with stocks. That's all. Because remember, Short to intermediate term bonds are not as volatile as longer term bonds. And by intermediate, we're not even talking 10 years. We're talking less than 10, let yeah. seven. So, yeah. and even 10 year bonds are not all that volatile in terms of price. They changed by with that 30% change. They went down by about 2%. 2%. Yeah. There are 50. 50 basis point increase in the rate since the first of the year. So, I mean, you can say there's an equivalent change in the price. The Correct. only reason we suggest bonds is to help balance your portfolio, because if you think bonds are potentially scary, stocks historically have a, have been about oh, approximately 100 times, no, 50 times more scary. 
And just to finish the thought, David, not to pick on you here, you should have a stock-to-bond ratio. You mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, that people, as they get older, move more money from stocks to bonds. That's a maybe, by the way. That's not a requirement. The reason to have more in bonds is they don't move around as much, and you can draw on that money if you need it from your accounts. That's the reason to own them, and that if you're 80 years old and the market goes down by 50%, you don't freak out and take it all and put it in cash. Those are the reasons to hold them. And when Mr. Buffett is talking about the bond market's miserable, what he's talking about is taking his $150 billion and buying something today. That's what he's, he's saying. I don't want to rush into the bond market. It's not very good right now. His personal portfolio, I guarantee it has the right amount of bonds in it for where, whatever he needs for. Exactly. I stability. guarantee you he has bonds in his portfolio because anybody with a diversified portfolio must have them. Thanks for the call, David. We appreciate it. And now on to David number two. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Hi there. I thought I hey. was David number one and I was talking for a little bit. But, um, hey, I'm a young I'm guy. I'm sorry. We should have um, assigned history. numbers when you called in. That, that's okay. Um, I'm looking to make my first home purchase in the next year or two. And I'm wondering if I should go with a federal housing authority loan with a low down payment and buy sooner. But I'm worried about that high PMI for the lifetime of the loan. And wondering if it might be smarter to save up a little more for the down payment, go with a traditional mortgage. And, um, yeah, i just curious about your thoughts. I'll take my answer off the air. Well, so and so just to make sure I know, understand what you're saying, putting the 20% down so you don't face the PMI, correct? Yeah, that's what you're saying, yes. Well, with the, F, with the FHA loan. You FHA, it's like built in. It's not called PMI. Time. It's called, oh, it's, gosh, it's, I can't remember. What, MIP, though. MIP. Yeah, yeah. But it never goes away, even if you, you know, get the I, 20% equity. That's right. Unless you refinance the note. Correct. That's the other thing. Um, I got to tell you, it's this is almost a market timing question in a way. Well, there's that. Yeah, yeah um, there is. You know, we don't know what the Seattle area housing market is going to do in the future <laughs> any more than we know what the stock market is going to do in the future. Um, so it There's really one comes... market, by the way, one market across the country that's been better over the last year, and that is Phoenix, Arizona. Otherwise, Seattle's been the it's best. It's been hot. I, it really comes down to what you need right now. If you if you can get into a house and it's going to put you in a better situation, both personally and financially, from a, a, a total cost standpoint, then take the FHA loan, pay the MIP, and then someday down the road refinance it if you want to get rid of it. I think that's a perfect answer. By the way, the other part of this equation is what you mentioned. Where are interest rates headed? If you wait a year, who knows where they may be, right? I mean, they may keep going up. We don't know all that. So I think and you've always said this, Don, and I, I support you fully. Real estate, home should be about lifestyle. It's not about the investment per se. You want to get the best deal. There's no question. But if you're at a place in your life where you want to buy a home, you got a family, whatever it is, you should go find the right house at the right price and get the cheapest money you can to buy it. And while I know for a fact that I cannot possibly guess what the rate on mortgages will be in a year or two, I can't. The reality is, this is something we know for sure, that interest rates have never been lower than this, ever. Yeah. In the entire history of mortgages, They've never been lower. So while you're paying a fraction of a percent in MIP, your loan is going to be at a 
two what and is a it? fraction I mean, what is rate. rate. Yeah, I mean, th- what's a 30-year right now? I don't know. The... They prob- they've been sneaking up. Let me see. Yeah, they have been going up a little bit. But, man, alive, there's the money is still so unbelievable. So if it was a matter of kind of waiting for rates I mean, to be I low. Missed, I missed the bottom, but I, you know, whatever. Let me look. Let me look up the uh, the latest rates here. Um, home purchase. Uh, uh, yeah, we're looking at without points, you're looking at 2.9 to 3, roughly, is the going rate without points. So, uh, that's still pretty cheap money. And then that, that MIP is again, just a tiny fraction of a percent. Um, so you know what it was when I bought my first home in 1984? Oh gosh, I would. That, me Take too. About that same time, I think I paid like thirteen back then or something. I think it was. I think it was something like fourteen percent. I was going to yeah. go back and look at that just out of curiosity because this is really cheap money, really cheap. Well, uh, we have to take a break. Thanks for the calls and keep calling eight five five nine three five talk. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Okay, well, coming up on the end of an hour... Thanks for being a part of this one. Remember, if you're listening on the radio, there's another one coming up at 855-935-TALK. And you can also catch all of these, these ep- the, the, the show and other episodes that we create during the week at TalkingRealMoney.com. But if you need help, if you need some a deeper dive, we only have a couple of minutes to answer really quick questions here. We can't really dive into the incredible mess that is most people's portfolio. We offer something that very few others offer. It's absolutely not free, right? We give you an hour free. Well, it's if you free. Want to get look at your overall situation. That's true, and we'll look at your asset allocation because you need to know what it is. We'll look at how diversified you are. We'll look figure out how much you're paying others. You've got to take advantage of that. Just it's easy to do. By the way, go to vestry.com, vestory.com, and click on contact us. We will be glad to help you. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. You know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.